Welcome to Sack Up! Right, all the NSA criticism stuff, so people are like, You're watching me, the NSA's gonna get that video, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And then you spend the other half of time trying to get bills passed, only to get stopped by other people who are like, well, you didn't say what you were going to do. Then he starts, like, homoerotically wrestling all of the, re- all the wrestlers <laughs> on the team. It's just... It's... Sack <laughs> <laughs> up, sack up, sack up! I am Steve, and with me here today... Madison Waldo! Kenneth Zoo! Sack up, nerds! What is up, nerds? Steve here to lay a little information on you about this week's episode. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, we lost this one again to technical difficulties. We're not really sure what's going on. I think it has something to do with the USB port on my laptop that I that I use. There's three different ones, so I had to figure out which one's the bad one. Uh, but the good news is, is that this week's episode, I did manage to salvage a little bit of. I've kind of edited that, out, that together for you, what I could. The, basically, the first 30 minutes and the last 15 minutes was all I was able to kind of get together. So just want to let you guys know if you hear a weird clipping or like audio cuts, that's just what's going on. And next weekend, we're going to bring you guys a nice long episode. And Ken will be back because he was gone this week, unfortunately. So that's it. Enjoy the episode. And don't forget to sack up. All right. Welcome to Sack Up. I'm Steve. I'm Addison. And Ken is unfortunately not here today. Ghost. Yes. Swayze. Ghost Ken. Vapor Ken. He's <laughs> no longer Kenneth is vapor with us at the moment. Yeah, he is. This is episode 10, too. Double digits, son. One decade. One of Sack Up. If you were to listen to one episode per year, you would die before <laughs> the end of the of your Sack Up marathon. Yeah, 10 episodes do worth of double digits. Now we've got, like, another 90 even, episodes before I, a major event. I don't think that we've even had double digits downloads for this, because S3 won't tell us. Nope, we don't know. I we, went, might, we could have quadruple digit downloads and we'll never know <laughs> I, well that's the thing is when i was you know I, I was telling you i went to the amazon offices around here to meet a friend and i told him about that i was like what's the chance of me getting to work on s3 if i get a job here because i know one thing immediately that's gonna be very like a lot of people will be very grateful to have and since their whole mentality is like you gotta have customer obsession. You gotta be a maniac for customer oh, needs God, I'm like, really well i am a customer and you're missing what would be the simplest like thing ever to implement, and I don't know why they don't have it, but the ability to see without having to buy extra software from non Amazon third party companies or creating a parser yourself and which is halfway what I did. Yeah. Like how many downloads you have? Because we don't know. iTunes doesn't tell you. Of course, Apple wouldn't deign to give people that service. <laughs> no information for the people. Yeah, and then S3 doesn't have it either. So <laughs> what's a what's a podcaster supposed to do? Yeah, seriously. So, um, did your friend explain why they don't have that feature? No, because he doesn't work on that. The, the office that's around here works on the merchant backend stuff. So, like, letting other businesses put stuff up on Amazon for sale. Yeah. Nothing to do with S3. That's all the Seattle office, and I'm never going to work there. So Why not? You said you'd move to Seattle. 
Yeah, I'd have to get a commensurate cost of living paid jump to go live up there because it's a lot more expensive than living in Arizona, as yeah. we've seen. Getting, you know, I remember because I was talking with David. I was like, "How many times do you go to Seattle?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, like once a quarter or something." I was like, "We went there once, and we seem to have made like all the wrong food choices because every place we went was like, do you want a tomato slice and three gross fish for twenty dollars?' <laughs> I got that. That's a thing that I got, and yeah. like these weird hyper sweet corn that tasted like shit. Like we were, you know, we were so dead set on we can't do anything that we could have in Arizona." <laughs> but that means like go to the crab pot or go, yeah, you know, exactly. go to every hipster five hundred dollars hipster pe- hipster uh, pizza place that's in Seattle. Like yeah. your wallet pays. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those places, like Seattle in general, is a very. Um, it's one of those places that's like it's kind of like Portland and New York to a certain extent, where people get real like foodie. Or they just well, it's like, the hipster culture. Yeah, like, hipster I'm a cultured person, yeah, yeah. So of course that means that I have it's to. It's cool love for food. me to eat sushi in a fucking rest- restaurant that's like 400 square feet, and everyone has to sit shoulder to shoulder. I will say that the the sushi we had was probably the best meal we had while we were there. Oh yeah, or at least for me. Just, that's more like New York style sushi places, but the place we went was really nice. The conveyor belt. Oh yeah. What? So can you remember what was the place we went that was on the pier? Like, we went to that seafood place. Was that the Crab Pot? It was the Crab Pot, yeah. Because David was telling me that's not true because Crab Pot's not on the pier. But I remember us being right next to the water and having a pier. It was a crab place. It yeah. was a crab place, you, yeah. you had to have, like, a bib and shit. And like, yeah. And, of course, no one got that yeah. big bucket of crab. No, because it was fucking expensive still, <laughs> even though. like 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, which would be, like, $300 here. But wow. in Seattle, they reach into the into the the fucking well. I'm sure they just the Puget like, Sound and pull a crab out. You know, I'm sure like in the kitchen, there's just tide pools yeah. <laughs> that rush into the kitchen. Yeah, they're just like there's crab, like crab sea Canadian anatomy. immigrants in there just pulling them out. Canadian <laughs> immigrants. Yeah, I'd live there someday, but for now, I'll, I'll take Arizona. Yeah. I like my guns. Kimmy wants to move to California, which that's would, a damn fool idea. Yeah. Which would be okay because I I could work in Silicon Valley, but then I would just make two hundred eighty thousand dollars a year and spend two hundred sixty of it on yeah, living there. It's it's an unfortunate truth of Silicon Valley now that even when you're a pretty highly paid engineer, you're still living paycheck to paycheck, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. But. I was listening to a podcast um, where that the guy who created what's it called um, Word, WordPress, Matthew something, Matthew Inman. I think his name is Matthew. Maybe. I'm not a huge fan. No, of that's the guy so. who does the oatmeal. Let's look him up real quick. This is Matt something. Well, I'll just tell his story. He runs a company called Automatic. So he does. Oh fuck! I don't. I don't know it now. But it's Matthew <laughs> something, and he uh, he's the guy who who started WordPress. And so WordPress is like a multi billion dollar company now, and his company is called Automatic with like two T's. So. Yeah, but he was That's talking the, the height of name decadence. What yeah. fucking bullshit is that? Well, he has a blog, and it's called ma.tt. So the the web address is ma.tt. Yep. Oh, the fucking but he's vanity. Actually, well, he's actually he's not vain. He's just like he, except for he names his company after himself and his blog. It's just well, his name. He like, asked he got asked about that on the podcast, and he's like, "That wasn't really my intention. It's just like something that happened or something like that." But sure, I don't know. I don't know. When you listen to the he's super down to earth. Just ADDIS dot O N is going to be my blog. It fucking should be. Domain. No, 
People would be like, what's Addis-y.on? What's Addis.on? Oh, um, it's just Addis in Ontario. But there's a... Uh, so he was talking about lifestyle arbitrage um, and how, like, with with Automatic, with the WordPress company, they don't have... They have a central office in San Francisco, but they don't ever use it because most of the people they hire, they hire from around the world and everyone, commute, everyone telecommutes. Yeah. So everyone gets paid a San Francisco salary... But, but you people live, live in, in, like, Spain and Alabama. So, like, so that's, like, you know, the average cost of living here is, like, $30,000 a year, but I make two hundred and eighty. So, you know, it's, it's, that's a good idea. I think. Well, I, it's I, actually I, not. That's a really stupid idea from a business standpoint. But well, if you've got you, the money yeah. to do it, that's the way you should. Like, I'm not advocating pay people the average wage for their state, because then that would mean I'd be making, like, $40,000. Fuck that. That's yeah. not enough to... Like keep myself fed and pay my slave loans to the government for my education, yeah. right? So, but the minimum wage should be not be fifteen dollars an hour. Minimum wage should be eight. That's not should enough to eight. pay your to get you get then yourself fed and pay your slave loans. If you're loans. gonna go to college, then don't get a degree that's gonna make sure that you get the fucking minimum wage getting out of college. College needs to be an investment for you, right? If you're gonna yeah. go to college, make sure that your degree is something is in an industry that has a lot of available jobs at a very reasonable salary computer science and stem degree if you're going if you're going to college for english or art or something and you don't have an instant patron or your parents aren't rich and willing to help you out like don't be surprised if you're working a fucking minimum wage job you don't get to complain at that point you made a choice unfortunately even though like the arts and culture is important society doesn't value that the same as business acumen and engineering skill anymore and it shouldn't because no one ever painted a painting that, you know, made a railroad or, or revolutionized this technology. No, it was someone with a, a fucking degree or with the know-how to do it, and they made it happen. Yeah. So, minimum wage, I, I mean, I don't really care about that conversation because I'll never make minimum wage in my life again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Upper crust wall, though. No, not upper crust. I worked hard to get where I am, and now I get paid well. So, I don't see anything that's unfair with that. That's true. It sucks that people who... It, the only thing that gets me with that conversation is people who can't get an education. Like, it's shit that, that you, like, as an immigrant from south of the border or something, you get into this country and you have, like, no prospect of ever making more than the minimum wage because you never had a chance to get educated. You're, you know... It sucks, but at the same time, like, if, that, if your only skill is manual labor, then expect manual wages. All right? <laughs> Yeah, so. it's a very brutal truth, I think, and that's one that I had to that I found out because you and I, you and Ken. I mean, I think I've talked about some on the podcast, maybe not though. But you guys kind of took a very direct route in terms of like, you know, you went to school and you chose degrees that you knew were going to get you guys money when you got out, and you focused super hard on school and got out in four years, and now you guys have been in the workforce for three years, or you've been in for three years. Ken's been in for a little over one because he got his master's, and you guys are like making a lot of money, but. That was a choice you made, whereas I, like, started out as an arts major studying music, and I did that for a while, and I just kind of wasted four years. Like, I, I learned a lot of really good things and, and experienced a lot of a lot of amazing things during that time, but now I'm, like, playing catch-up to you guys. And it's, like, a, a kind of a cold, hard truth of the world that if you decide that you're going to be a, you know, if you want to be an artist of any kind, then... You can't be mad that you work at Starbucks for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I feel like if you want to be an artist, don't go to college. 
do your art. <laughs> like, you're, yeah. there's, I don't feel like, I mean, and this is talking from a position of relative ignorance. I mean, I'm, I'm a decent artist on my best day, but, like, I don't know that I would go through college <clears throat> and gain enough differentiation of skill from where I am now to where I could be that it would, like, instantly get me a gallery in New York or something. Nothing why will not, instantly get you a gallery. Well, That's the problem with Why art. not just put your fucking time into doing your art then yeah. and go work your minimum wage job? <laughs> well, though, what you should do is choose choose a degree that like you may not enjoy as much, but will get you a job and then do your art and... You know, that's like the smart way to do it, right? Do I your art on, that's on true, the side. Because if you're not motivated to do well at that job, you're not going to do well at that job. And you're more liable to get fired or not get as good a job as you could have had if you were just like, art's great, but it's something that I'll maybe pull a George Bush and dedicate like the later of my life to it and instead, you know, be an engineer now or something. Like, I think it just depends. <clears throat> I mean... You know, like we, I know people who are working in jobs that they're just not really enjoying. But like, well, I'll get the money that I want, and then I can do the stuff that I want. For me, I happen to find that I really actually enjoy computer science, and I don't know if I'm going to end up. I don't know for sure if it's gonna if it's gonna be like the dream job for me when I get out of school or not. I think it will because I like problem solving and I like having freedom and flexibility in my workspace. Like that's really nice to me, and I've worked in restaurants and at minimum wage jobs long enough to be. Just really appreciative and grateful <laughs> of a job that's going to pay me $80,000 a year when I get out of school. But, you know, ultimately what I want to do is, like, do, like, internet content production for, for a living. I want to do Twitch streams, do our YouTube channel, do this podcast for a living. And But I've come to the realization that it's like, you know, I hate waiting tables. I hate fucking cleaning up people's puke and shit out of bathrooms and extracts, restaurants. various yeah. extracts. I don't like manual labor. I'm I'm terrible at it. Like, you know, I don't want to do data entry for the rest of my life. So I need to get a real degree so I can get a real job, and or then use your two weeks of vacation a year to, <laughs> to try and build something. You know, <laughs> yeah. or just even like start my start our own software company or any any of that kind of stuff. I don't. Know. I think that people. When you're young, there's this notion, and it's funny because my, my boss told me this a long time ago when I worked at GameStop. He's like, you know, man, everyone is like you when they start out. Everyone thinks you're going to be an astronaut or a rock star. And then you get, like, a little bit older and you realize that you're fucking not. You're just not going to be an astronaut or a rock star. And then the cold, hard reality sets in that you just, that will never happen for you. And I was like, whatever, man, it's fine. It'll happen for me. And I was like, you know, it might not happen for me, but I can still be really happy being super rich as a computer scientist. So, Or at least relatively rich. Yeah. Upper crust. Uh, you know, but the, <laughs> Upper middle class. To... The moldy layer of the top crust. You know, the moldy <laughs> bottom layer. Like That's all right by me. I can, yeah. I can live that way, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. Moral of the stories go is get... College should be an investment. That's why it took me so long in school to figure out what I was going to do as well, because I wanted it to be an investment. I'm taking out a shitload of loans every semester, but it's an investment. I can. I was doing the math with Kimmy based upon like the possible income that we'll have when I get out of school, and I was like, we can pay our loans off and buy a house in like two years, like, and still have money. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is is loans like complicate the calculus for going to college? Because there's just the cost of going to college, period. But if there's going to be a lingering debt. That's going to haunt you forever. <laughs> like you better make sure you could extirpate that debt yeah. as quickly as possible. Exactly. I don't know. I, we talk about money a lot, like you and I, and with Ken. Like we talk about how we want to have a lot of money and what and what jobs are. You know what job? Like what degrees get you money and whatnot? I don't know. Do you ever think that's? Do you think 
that people think that's ghost sometimes to talk about money like that. What do you mean? Like, I wonder if there's people who listen to the podcast and it's like, oh, these guys just care about money. Listen to them talking about how much money they're going to have. Someday, no, because I think, I mean, it, it, it really depends on what your view of the utility and value of money is, right? For me, when you show me a salary, I know if I can get by on that or not because I know what my expenses are. I know what my wants are going to be and how how much I'm going to delve into them, right? I mean, guns is not a cheap hobby. No, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, I've got, like, <laughs> close to $5,000 of firearms sitting in my safe now. Well, that's mm. money that's spent and gone. I mean, you can consider an investment since some of those are going to go up in price over time. But still, like... You know, you have to know yourself. And for me, I see money and I'm like, that's a thing I want to do, right? That $10,000 or whatever translates into a trip, into a nice thing for me or, or my woman or for my friends. You know, like, it's not, no, I just like money. Yeah. I, I love money yes. to have money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like, money is opportunity. It's a sad fact of the world now. Like, if it was the pioneer days where it's just like, you've got a hatchet and and a will, and you just go into the forest and, and make your life, life, then fine, I'd fucking do that, because that's what I want to do. Yeah. But nowadays, if I want to go to Europe to see Claire's family that lives over there, whatever, well, how much? How fucking expensive is that? I, I'm going to need the money, someone's not going to pay for me, and even if they offer to, I'm going to say fuck off. Yeah. Like, ugh. I don't know, I, that's the thing, is that the, I came to the realization, I think, probably two years ago, that the world is driven and it's like, it seems obvious, but cynical that the world is, that money is the most important and powerful thing in the world. The single most yeah, and important people, and powerful whatever thing. Whatever people, I've, you know, I've had girlfriends say this, I've had other people say this, you know, like, oh, love is all you need. Just find something you love doing. It's like, no, you can't eat love. No, nope, you know? exactly. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't drink it. You certainly can't fly on it. Yeah. Like, if I want to do the things I want to do with my life, I need money. And I just so happen to have chosen a path that skyrockets my income beyond what I need. And then again, so I will be able to do the things that I want. And I'm, it's not like you're not working for it. You only don't work for your money if you're a manager of some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm not there yet. Someday, I'm <laughs> sure, but not yet. So, yeah. yeah. I worked with people. So I had, uh, I worked with some people at a, at a comedy club in downtown Phoenix and, one of the, I, you know, I left that club and then ended up working for the same company in Tempe. So I saw some of the people I worked with later, and this was during the Super Bowl when I went, was down there working. And I saw this girl that I had worked with. I was like, hey, like, how you doing? She was like, oh, I'm all right. And I was like, I was like, she's like, how are you? I was like, I'm great. I'm ready to make some money today. And she's like, don't talk about that. I was like, what? She's like, don't talk about making money. Like, it's. It's, it's only the reason I have this job. Yeah. She's like, it's, she's like, it just, it just like, it's like, it makes it look, it makes you look bad. And I was like, I'm, I'm here for one reason. And that's to make money. Yeah, and so I'm going to talk about making money. I'm not working this job for fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go to your next time you're at McDonald's or Taco Bell. Chit chat up your person. And be like, do you like your job? Are you having fun? If you get a yes, fuck you. You're that person is lying to you. Yeah. They're doing that job because they need money. Yeah. Those are the people who should be talking about. Man, I can't wait to make this money. Get some financial planning. Get a get a fucking plan. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a. <laughs> if you work in a minimum wage job and you say that talking about money is not proper or something, then you have a problem. You have to have a killer instinct. I think. I think, in, and that's another thing. I also realized that, like, if you want to get ahead, like, there are people who they just happen to really enjoy. I mean, some of the richest people in the world are really just like geeks who just loved working with computers and things like that. Like this guy, this Matt guy, like. 
you know, he who started who started WordPress, he just didn't love doing what he did. He just enjoyed it. And he had a little bit of business savvy, you know, and he just and now he's like a billionaire. But the there's also a lot of people like the richest people in the world are people with killer instincts, like the people who make money, the people who succeed in life. You have to have kind of an unbending killer instinct, I feel like, of just like, I'm here to make money. And that's it. That's the reason I'm here, especially when you're at the bottom. Right. When you're at the top and you're and you've got your degree and you can be like, oh, man, I'm going to make eighty thousand dollars a year doing computer science. This is awesome. At that point, you could be like, I'll level off and just be I'll make 80 grand for the rest of my life. And that's fine. But when you're at the bottom and you're waiting tables or cleaning puking bathrooms or busing tables or you're a fucking line cook in a kitchen, you have to have a killer instinct. You have to say, I want more than this and I'm going to fucking not let anything get in my way. And sometimes that might make you seem like money hungry or greedy or whatever, but I don't think it's greedy to say I want more. Well, and, I want and more than thing, if I'm at the, when you're at the bottom. The thing is, it's not even saying I want more necessarily, right? It's saying I want better for myself. Do, does any person, I not a single person I've ever talked to, even the most, like, scrum-fucked, no-education people have ever been like, my goal in life is to work at McDonald's. Right? You'll never see a person like that. Unless it's, like, in India, where it's that or not having a job or something. You know, and, and then that's all that they could aspire to. Like, every person in this country who's working at a McDonald's is just waiting, if they're smart... They're waiting for a way to get to the next step, right? They don't want to stay there forever. It's the whole point of the American dream is true for the stars, you know. And you'll never miss. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Well, the the interesting thing is that so we've resided in this kind of interesting place where you got you and Ken are educated and you're at like the you know, you're on your way up to the upper crust. I like I said, chose an art degree for a while and then I um, and then I, now I'm looking towards like computer science and stuff, but the people at the bottom are encouraged not to aim high, right? When you're a waiter at a restaurant, they encourage you to just be really excited about being a waiter. Like be wait, like waiting tables is awesome. And this fa this job's like a family and it's so exciting. And doesn't everybody love each other here? This should be good enough for you for now. And hey, you oh, made you made awesome money the other night. You made like two hundred dollars, and you know I know you made thirty dollars, and someone shot like such like spit on your chest, you know. <laughs> but that was that day, and the other day you made two hundred dollars. So don't forget about that, right? You got a little bit of goodwill well, that I came know. your don't, way. You know, be, be be happy with that. Don't look don't look for more. But you and even in the position I'm in, right? If you're unhappy with your situation, vote with your feet. You have a choice. Yeah. It could be a choice, you know, it could be the choice that you make puts you down a harder path, but you have the choice to, you can make that choice. If you, if you choose not to, it's entirely your fault. So you got no one else to blame but yourself. And I'm not saying that, like, if you just work hard, you'll be a millionaire American dream. That dream is dead. That dream hasn't <laughs> yeah. existed for a long time. Yeah, that, that dream was like the the 1800s. Well, yeah, was the last that, time that's that dream. that's the great lie. Once now. the industrial revolution happened and all of the all of the the power went into the hands of a few people. Well, no, it's that's you're talking about the Gilded Age, son. Once you have these robber barons who are creating a, a super like critical distribution of wealth problem, and then entering themselves into politics to make sure that they can stay rich. Yeah, right. That the American dream, as people are told, is dead. 
There's no point believing that fucking bullshit anymore. Yeah. If you, yes, you're going to have to work hard for what you get unless you were born wealthy with a silver spoon in your mouth. Then there's no, but there's no guarantee anymore that hard work equals, you know, opportunity guaranteed. It's you're going to work really hard and you might have an opportunity and there's like a 10% chance that that's going to work out for you. And if it doesn't, you're fucked for the rest of your life. But work hard anyway, because that 10% is better than nothing, yeah. which is what people get in like every other country. Aside from America, so still the land of opportunity. It's just the the big shimmering lie and illusion around the American dream of kind of faded away a bit. Yeah, you have to be able to cut through that stuff, and that was the thing for me. Is like when I because I worked at like the mid and lower levels of like of restaurants and corporations. Like I was the manager at a GameStop for four years, and like I realized. There was a time where I was like, you know what, maybe like I won't go to school. Maybe I'll just work and save up money and travel around the world and then go from there. And then I realized that like I was working 32 to 40 hours a week at GameStop, not with benefits, not at a full-time salary, making like $9.50 after having been at that company for six years. And I was like, they'll never pay me more than $30,000 a year. I might, if I went to like the absolute top that I could go without having to move out of the state, I might get like 50 grand a year, you know? And it's just like, and they're like, oh, there's so much prestige. And the thing is, is there's certain corporations and places that like, particularly non-technical, I feel like science, like non-science and non-technical, non-STEM areas that the amount of responsibility you get goes up and up and up. And, and, of pay and, and the pay logarithmically just is like, it just goes, it flattens off. And eventually your responsibility is way up here at the top of the y-axis, but you're in the middle of the x-axis for your fucking income, you know. And like, except around, but yeah, yeah. So like, exceptions <laughs> to that are, you know, are like law. Like generally, with law, you have well, a fairly those, exponential like, increase. Air in quotes, upper class jobs, right? Doctor, lawyer, politician. If you're already somewhat wealthy, and then like STEM jobs, yeah. That's the way to get ahead if and, you want to do. And with but. corporate jobs like management and stuff, you can kind of jump up like so you have like you know, it's like where Ken's if at. If you're right a shark, now. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like where Ken's at right now, right? Ken's responsibility and workload is fucking astronomical and his pay is like kind of at the middle of the of of the axis, right? But when he well, like eventually he yeah, he's gonna see like a stepwise increase. Whereas um, sometimes, like you, you get to that point, like with GameStop, you become a district manager and then a regional manager. But it isn't until you get to like senior vice president or or when you're actually in the company. Yeah, headquarters. you got to, where you have to move to Grapevine, Texas, right, to go to their to work at their company headquarters is when you start making a hundred thousand, maybe a hundred and fifty, and then maybe you get up to where you're at the upper echelons, Executive and then you're making. Yeah. But that is like. That's, I feel like with... That's the dream. Yeah. That, that is the American lie. Yeah, like. <laughs> that is the American lie, because most people will never reach that. And the, co- the corporation will basically squeeze everything they can out of you with the promise that you'll make it there, and then they'll just be like, well, maybe. Nebulous um, bullshit. So this this brings up an interesting thing. I was I went to dinner with one of my old colleagues, or one of my peers from college, um, on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and... He was telling me, because he works at ASU, and he was telling me about, there's a woman that worked there for 20 years, and for 20 years she made 60 grand. Was it Ursula Orr? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that she... <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was it was a lady who worked in the brickyard. She was like a personnel manager. Or something. 20 years, she made only 60000 20 years, $60,000. Oh 
The moment that she retired, they opened that position up for 85. Of course. Because fuck giving that woman a raise. Fuck cost of living adjustments, whatever. Like, there are just some, like, businesses, and it it happens in government especially, where you don't stand a chance. Like, the corporation is looking to get as much out of you while paying you as little as possible. Walmart, you know, like, Mm -hmm. while paying you as little as possible. Like, Walmart went on this huge thing where, like, yeah, you know, it's raises for everyone. West Side. But it's like... You're going to go from making $9 an hour to $10 an hour. How does that extra $40 a week, you know, yeah. like, like treat you? No, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. That's nothing. That's shit. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I've, like, I experience a lot, especially with restaurants. Um, restaurants are all about, because restaurants run on really thin margins anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, it, unless you're running a club that is basically does 90% of its profit in alcohol, and then is open from like like Canteen was when I worked at there's this restaurant on Mill Avenue called Canteen before it closed. I worked there and they would be open. They would open at eleven every day, and they'd be open through lunch and dinner. And they would have really good dinner and lunch sales, right? They probably sell maybe five on a good day. They'd sell like ten thousand dollars worth of food, but it was usually like five to seven five five or six thousand dollars. And then at night they would do like thirty thousand dollars in alcohol alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so unless. You're running a business like that where you have people coming in and it's just drink slinging as fast as you can and you're making and you're pulling in 30 grand a night in fucking drink sales. Restaurants operate on very thin margins. And the biggest way to, to save money is to is fuck to, your employees. Is to fuck your employees by paying them $5 an hour. That's $5.05 an hour now is the, the serving minimum wage because you make extra money from tips. So it's okay. Tips are reliable. That Variable is, income is a reasonable measure of ability to survive yeah. off of a wage. Fuck you. Yeah, and that is that is politi- That is just literally political lobbying by the restaurant industry. Like that's the only reason that happened is that someone was like, "My employees are going to get tips. Why should I pay them the minimum wage? I'll pay them half of that. I'll pay them the slave wage, yeah. the wage that they paid children to work in the industrial revolution. Yeah, and then I'll." Get all my friends together and we'll go and lobby the government to get to make that legal and okay. It's bullshit. What happens when you let business interests dictate government policy, dude? Yeah. So that's why you got to get the fuck out. Get up. That's why I'm I'm fucking working on it. So I don't know. These are the things that I think about all the time. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but they're they are filming a sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Netflix owns the distribution rights for it. So it's going to be released day and date on Netflix, but the comp- the movie theaters are basically they're boycotting that and it's just because they're monopoly right they want the monopoly on yeah being but the thing is able to they, they're the only people that lose in this case because netflix already has the, the biggest yeah. distribution platform so i wasn't going to see it in a theater anyway now i'm happy that i can't right because yeah. it's like well fine like i the future the perfect future for me is netflix becomes this entertainment tyrant that just like buys up hollywood Makes like every movie is Netflix funded, yeah. and the theaters are like, "Please, my lord, Netflix, <laughs> give unto us just a small pittance that we might sell people overpriced food and rape them with ticket fees." <laughs> yeah. And Netflix will be like, "I look down upon them, and I say no." You know? yeah. I don't. Uh, I, that's, and that's the so we had talked about making about that future, right, where it's all aggregated on one platform. But I, what I didn't think about is like, what if Netflix just goes around and just buys everything, right? They make they so much money, money now. I mean, their market cap they they trade at like four hundred fifty dollars a share. Like, mean anything? But they have they it's have the cash money. on hand. They would take a huge debt probably to buy up 
Because you also have to buy IP that people give a shit about, right? <laughs> like, like Crap Tiger and Dragon Two, probably not the best buy. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna look awesome because it's a modern movie, but I I can't even remember that existing when I was young. I know it did. Yeah. But I, there's not a point in my young life where I was like, well, this movie was awesome. <laughs> I remember watching I remember watching the Oscars the year that it came out and it won an Oscar and it was like a big deal. People were like, oh, well, so Chinese first, cinema. Yeah, like, Asian cinema. Yeah. So Netflix, I, I like to say, like, like you said, I could see them becoming essentially a content tyrant where they just go and they're just going to be like, we're going to buy this movie. We're going to buy Batman versus Superman or, or like whatever we'd like. Yeah, you think. know all those summer blockbusters that make you all your money theaters? Bird, yep, motherfuckers. They are ours, and then. So, do you want to show them in your theaters? Do you not want to show them in your and theaters? And the thing is, is that like, so this new just album movie, I don't know how much money it's going to make because it looks Probably not a lot. It does like it looks kind of interesting. I don't think it'll be a blockbuster or anything like that. But the like you said, the theaters so are probably just... more an Oscar movie come late than yeah. anything else. The theaters are just shooting themselves in the foot because there are going to be people who are going to want to see it, and they'll go and see. They would gladly see it. Um, in theaters, and there are people who will watch it on Netflix. It's not like by letting Netflix release something on the same day as, like, uh, as you know, yeah, as you completely theaters. preclude people from no, using a movie because theater. there will be people who have Netflix who will want to see a movie in the theaters anyways. They like the theater experience. Mm-hmm. That's not you, not but me. but there are people. Probably I like my, my single dollar popcorn at home. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but if I were to like, if they were distributing Avengers. I would see Avengers in the theaters if they had. Yeah, if they were well, I mean, do there's Avengers some movies too. you're gonna see in yeah. the theaters, like Age of Ultron. To. We are going to see in the theaters, even though I hate the theater. Yeah, I'm gonna go see it in there. It's yeah. the, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you aren't seeing it in the theater. Yeah, but like the thing is, they do stand to lose. Even if even if they work together with Netflix and shoot the movie, there are still going to be a substantial number of people who don't go to the theater because it's on Netflix because they don't want to pay the theater bullshit fees like you yeah. like it seems like when i go to a movie theater i gotta pay 10 bucks just to fucking breathe there <laughs> like yeah. and the breathe comes with butter on top yeah know? exactly <laughs> uh, i don't know i'm glad that they're doing that i hope it like either way netflix is just charging ahead they're like we're gonna do this and if you don't like it then fuck off <laughs> you know you're welcome to not to not have anyone come see this movie in your theater and, and a million billion people watch it on Netflix a hundred times. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. have fun with that. And that's the thing is like if they were to ever do something with something as big as an Avengers movie or any Marvel movie. I mean they already have Marvel. Um, they have the Daredevil television show that they're doing that's produced exclusively for Netflix. Like when they get like what if they get to the point where Marvel's like you know what. And I don't think Marvel would do this because Marvel would make too much money from the theaters. Um, you know charging like I don't think that. Because Marvel will gross a billion dollars on the next Avengers movie. Like we know this easy day one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we know this is going to happen. Netflix can't put that kind of money up, right? To be like, hey, probably could a billion dollars for one movie. I don't think that would be smart for them to do so. But I feel like if they had to wrangle up a billion, they probably could. I went with their market cap. Market cap is not liquid assets, Steve. But it's like a reasonable estimation of the value of their company. It is twenty seven billion. billion. Yeah. yeah, so, so they could probably wrestle up a, a like a two and a half percent, you yeah. know, like of their of their gross. But for a movie, they know they're going to get their money back and then sell. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing is, if you imagine like Age of Avengers: Age of Ultron comes out on Netflix, 
and on day and date, there will be so many people who will still go see it at the movies, but there will be millions will of people. destroy itself. Yeah. <laughs> millions of people would just be like, I'm going to buy a Netflix subscription for one month so I can just watch Age of Ultron again and again for a month, you know? Well, and then you could, if you were, if Netflix was awesome, they would just buy the movie just so the theaters couldn't have it as retaliation for this bullshit. <laughs> for this shit, yeah. Like, you're going to take a stand on a no- nothing movie, right? That's yeah. like, it'll make 150% of its budget. And eh, at least it'll be an interesting, like, thing to watch. I would just be like, all right, I'm going to go buy the rights for Avengers 3 from Marvel. Yeah. And we're going to release it day and date in the theaters. <laughs> And then right before, I'd be like, oh, sorry, we're not going to do that. Just on Netflix. Have Netflix fun, only. Fuckers. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, Any, if you have a monopoly, I hate you. Yeah. You are the exact antithesis of what this country is supposed to be about, and you fucking suck. Movie theaters, telecoms, oil companies, get out. Yeah. Any chance that someone has to fuck you, they should take it. <laughs> call to yeah. arms. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the, fuck the monopolies. That's, fuck that's monopoly, our call here's, here's the call to arms. Sack up and fuck the monopoly. <laughs> yeah. That's All sack right, up for yeah, this week. I'm Steve. I'm Addison. We miss you, Kenneth. Sack up, nerds. <laughs>